to Making the Brand, the podcast where marketing and pop culture collide. I'm your host, Brianne Fleming. I can't wait to chat about brands, boy bands, and everything in between, because brands who have a pulse on pop culture can create adoring fans of their own. Unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably at least heard about the Framing Britney Spears documentary, which premiered on Hulu back in February. If you haven't watched it, it's really heartbreaking, but I highly recommend it, especially as a Britney fan. I think the more people we can get behind her story and make them aware of what's been going on, the better. So the documentary details Britney Spears' rise and fall, uh, her battles with mental health, her unrelenting experiences with the paparazzi, and really how her life decisions are being controlled under a court-ordered conservatorship, which puts her father, Jamie Spears, in control of all of her decisions. There was something else I watched that made me think of Britney Spears, and that was Oprah's shocking interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. As I watched it, I couldn't help but notice the similarities to Britney's story. Both of these TV specials gave us a glimpse inside the harsh realities of fame and fortune. Although Britney and Meghan may seem like they're on top of the world, we learned about the dysfunction and the power trips going on behind the scenes. Both Britney and Meghan were stripped of their freedoms and just hounded by a paparazzi at every turn and just dragged through the media. The tabloids painted horrific narratives that you might even consider to be character assassinations. They attacked Britney's every move. This girl couldn't get a break from her wardrobe to her performances and her parenting decisions. She was always under the microscope. Megan, on the other hand, was accused of bullying aides at Buckingham Palace and causing Harry to abandon the royal family. She really was put at the center of it. Now, I don't care how rich you are or if you live in a castle, if you're friggin' royalty. This kind of abuse clearly took a toll on their mental health. At the end of the day, they're still human. Just for some background, let's discuss some of the terms of Britney's conservatorship. First of all, she is not in control of her own finances. She's not allowed to have a smartphone. She can't vote. She can't drive a car, or she's not supposed to. She has anyway. She's not allowed to get married without permission and approval. Page Six also reported that Brittany was grounded by her father for three weeks last summer just for meeting a friend for a socially distanced walk on the beach. As a member of the royal family, there were a number of things that Meghan Markle couldn't do. First of all, she wasn't allowed to act, which was her livelihood. Um, so her career pretty much ended. She wasn't allowed to take selfies with fans or do autographs. She wasn't allowed to have social media. She wasn't allowed to keep up with her lifestyle blog that she had called The Tig. She had to shut that down. Royals also don't vote, so she was not allowed to do that. 
She also wasn't allowed to wear dark nail polish or mini skirts. She supposedly wasn't allowed to eat shellfish while on official trips with the royal family as a preventive measure against food poisoning. She's not allowed to go out alone. And also, she wasn't allowed to cross her legs. Just so many little things. Now, granted, I don't know the details behind all of these. I'm just speaking to what I've researched. But these are two grown women who couldn't even go out to lunch with friends without getting permission or go out alone or do anything without first checking with someone else. A part of the Oprah interview that really hit me was when she asked Megan, were you silent or were you silenced? Megan replied with the latter. This may not be everyone's first thought when hearing about Brittany and Megan's struggles, but my mind immediately went straight to social media. More often than not, we talk about the toxicity of social media. And yeah, while it can be a breeding ground for negativity and comparisons and trolling, it also empowers us more than we give it credit for. Social media gives us a voice. The only reason tabloids have been able to take down Britney and Megan is because these two women didn't have access to social media channels. In Britney's case, Facebook and Twitter were still new at the height of her career, and Megan wasn't allowed to have personal social media accounts. There was an Instagram representing the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, but I doubt Megan had much control over the content. Every other celebrity or public figure besides Britney and Megan have embraced social media as an opportunity to speak out debunk rumors, and control their personal narrative and reputation straight from the source. They no longer have to rely on their publicists to release statements. They can address any issues or scandals with a tweet, a video message, even a screenshot on the Notes app. They also can announce personal milestones on their own terms and be in charge of the public's perception that's created. When they have these channels at their fingertips, the tabloids don't stand a chance. While I'm happy to see that Meghan Markle is slowly regaining control of her life since she and Prince Harry stepped back from the royal family, I really hope Britney can do this too. The Free Britney movement is getting louder and louder. But if there's anything we can learn from Britney and Meghan's heartbreaking stories, it's that we should never take our own voices for granted. Your online presence empowers you to take matters into your own hands and prove yourself. Use the platforms we have to tell your story. Speak out about work, causes, or initiatives that you're passionate about. This is especially important if you're not getting noticed for the opportunities you really want. Your resume is only an 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper. It's easy for potential employers to dismiss you or overlook you if they're not getting your full story. You may not have the right background or certain credential on paper, but your online presence can prove otherwise. It's your chance to show people what you know and what you can do. 
And it all starts with writing or creating. Share your perspectives, critique or comment on work in your industry, or create a portfolio of mock projects in a field you want to work in. They don't even have to be real. They could be things that you do on your own just to build your portfolio. All of these actions will demonstrate your credibility, even if it seems like you don't have the right experience. But beyond proving your capabilities, perhaps the biggest advantage of your online presence is that it highlights your personality. It gives potential employers the chance to get to know you before they even schedule you for an interview. They can hire any qualified person to do the work, but your personal brand shows why people should work with you specifically. A common misconception is that you have to be an extrovert to build your personal brand. This just isn't the case. It was one of my favorite authors who I talk about often on this podcast, Sally Hogshead, who helped me come to this realization. Let's explore an example from Sally's blog on howtofascinate.com. Sally says Andy is not what most would describe as a charming personality. He's shy and a self-described introvert. He dislikes the obligatory small talk at the start of a meeting, who doesn't, (laughs) and wants to listen rather than generate discussion. Most would call him intense. Whereas Simon, he's much more extroverted. He might be your typical salesperson, has the gift of gab. And two very different outcomes happen when they meet with their potential clients. Let's call them the Martins. So Andy is the shy one, but he has a huge advantage because he actually listens attentively. And because of his listening skills, Andy asks astute questions of his clients. When he does speak, he articulates a vision for what his clients actually want versus just putting out a sales pitch like Simon might do. Simon, again, is just the type of guy who's there to impress. He might be a schmoozer, kind of fumbling through his usual talking points, whereas Andy, the shy one, personalizes the experience and truly listens to his clients. So this proves that personal branding isn't just for certain personalities. Everyone has the right to control their narrative, no matter what type of person you might be, if you're shy, if you're extroverted. Either way, you get to make your personal brand yours. And it's so important because jobs may come and go, but your personal brand is forever. If you need help defining your personal brand, go on briannefleming.com where you can fill out my Niche Finder workbook, which will really help you reflect on your skills and your personality and help you put your best foot forward when it comes to building your online presence. Thanks for listening. If you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to subscribe or better yet, leave a review. You can also join my Twitter chat at hashtag pop chat for weekly pop culture discussions you can actually learn from. If you have an idea for an episode, shoot me a DM at Brianne2K. As always, thanks for listening.